Hi, you're listening to Andrew Farris on NXS Access All Areas with Hayden and B. Check it out. Welcome to NXS Access All Areas, the podcast number 39 today that goes deep into the legacy and canon of all things NXS, hopefully gets a, a push to get them into the Rock Hall of Fame, but also enjoy engaging in a community of similar-minded similar fans uh, and people who uh, enjoy their music and their legacy. Hello, B. How are you? Hello, Hayden. I am very fine. How are you? You feeling a bit shady from last night? Or? No, not too bad. Not too uh-huh. bad. I, I, I did absolutely have a great time. I had the first Saturday, oh, Friday night it was at time yes. of recording. Oh, well, a good patron of the uh, show, Dr. Jim, who oh. very kindly shouted me a bangers and mash meal, B. Oh, one of my faves. Well, you went there. I did take a photo or my first selfie of me and Dr. Jim, and I think it's my first <laughs> selfie I've ever taken. Um, but, yeah, I, ha- I actually ordered a second serving just for you, uh, and I can say that I hope you enjoyed me eating your serving. <laughs> thank you, Dr. Jim. <laughs> <laughs> well, and thank you, Dr. Jim. We had a great time, and, uh, boy, has he got some stories to tell, especially about his going on the Kiss Cruises and I'm talking about the band Kiss. Um, mm-hmm. I'm talking about some of the rock workshops he's gone to in LA. And oh. uh, we, we we'll have to if, if we've got a guest on today that uh, is a super fan, super guest. I think Dr. Jim will have to elaborate a bit more for him. And as we know, he's doing some great work on his sort of platform uh, in helping create some momentum for the Rock Hall of Fame as well. Yes, for the induction page, he's doing really, really well with that, isn't he? Yeah, I said to him last night the production values of it are really good, and he said mm. he spent a lot of time getting the you know, like his artwork down and the fonts and everything like that. Cause it looks yeah. very much like a sort of an in-excess productions type page. So uh, yeah, looks really, really good. But um, we'll have to swap notes, me and Dr. Jim. Yeah. But uh, how's your in-excess week been, B? Yeah, it's been really good actually. Um, yep. Lots of things happening. So we've had a few fake accounts, um, unfortunately, on Instagram this time. Uh, It's Andrew's turn. So we've got it taken down. We reported it. So if anyone ever sees any any of these um, fake accounts, if you can report them straight to that social media outlet and then um, anybody you trust in the in-excess world, just um, tell them to do the same thing. Mm. Now, we know that some fans listen to uh, our podcasts uh, out of order, and uh, we think the Andrew one probably hasn't had as many downloads. And, um, look, we're not vain at all. We don't, we don't have egos and care about popularity. Um, well, at least I don't. Uh, but uh, <laughs> um, but uh, we would say if you are listening to this episode, uh, before you listen to the Andrew one, episode 38, go back and listen to it because we think that we had some good nuggets in there and we think that Andrew deserves a little bit more listenership for that because he is the heart and soul of... Of, uh, really the bedrock of InXS. So go back and uh, dive deep with that one, uh, everybody. Yeah, we've had lots of good feedback about that episode, Hayden. You did really well of your research and a lot of people um, learnt quite a bit. So yeah, go back, go listen, because Hayden's done a really good job on that 
episode. Well, it's all about Andrew. He uh, had the tunes, had the songs. So um, I don't know some of the Jenny Morris stuff, uh, especially our tribute song mm. at the end there was well received. So uh, we encourage you to uh, dive deep on a uh, Andrew retrospective, which uh, that episode was. All right. Now we've got a few new patrons and donors this week, B. I'll throw to you there. You've had some very, very uh, heartwarming feedback and contributions from people helping keep us alive in this podcast series. Yeah, we've got a few cups of coffee coming our way. We've got Sarah from uh, Northern Beaches of Sydney. Thank you, Sarah. She's become a patron. And um, we also grabbed a coffee from Laurel. Um, she just donated by the um, PayPal. I've actually put the um, links onto the Facebook page. So if it's it's right at the top. So if you come onto the page, just go to the top and you'll find the links there. And then what's butty? <laughs> cool name um, yeah. um i don't feel it's your real one so if you can get in contact with us please at in excess aaa dot no what is it at <laughs> gmail.com we always love two goes at this particular email address you set this uh, name up didn't you just to be confusing <laughs> all right go again take two all right take two in excess aaa at gmail.com just let us know your real name and your email address, please. Well, I mean, obviously, we've got our more traditional podcast, well, our podcast patrons that we will welcome aboard as well. So over to you, B. I'd like to say hello to everybody outside on the highway. Let's all say hello to everybody outside. It's about 10,000 people at least. Hello. Hello to Pedro, Lisa, Foxy, Felicia, Sarah, Laurie, Carmen, Sudi, Dean, Joe Robbins, Mandy, Linda, Danielle, Dr. Jim, Amanda, Leon, Anne-Marie, Lisa Calloway, Lisa McIntosh, Katie, Carrie-Anne, Virginia, Byrne, Caroline, Paul Jolie, Joseph, Susan, David, Sandrine, Tracy and Paul Boozy. In today's episode, we are celebrating all things about being fans of InXS. And we do have a, a super fan who uh, is going to be a super guest uh, today, B, called Chuck Feldman, uh, who has been with us from the start. Uh, which state in America is Chuck from? Um, he is from Chicago. Okay. So uh, the city of Chicago, uh, I guess uh, we will elaborate as B's done her deep dive with him. So a little bit less of me today, which uh, those who are uh, worn out by my voice will be very happy with, and it's going to be B doing the spearheading of that. However, I guess uh, a theme of the episode is to celebrate all things about being fans, and I think that uh, this podcast is put together by fans for the fans on behalf of the fans uh, and to recognise the band for what it is. But fandom's an interesting concept, B, isn't it, when you think about it? Yeah. Um, People can be fans of everything from uh, backgammon uh, all the way through to music, all the way through to sports. There's something sort of addictive about being a fan, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. And then there's different degrees of fandom, isn't Correct. there? Correct. Yes. You can, you can be a secret fan or you're yeah. like a collector or, yeah. Yeah, or very uh, passionate like us. Yeah, well, you know, Pedro and um, David. Dave Gaunt, uh, have obviously put together the collector's thing. I've been seeing some of their posts and things like that with different uh, products and things. And I was like, oh, wow, that used to be me. I don't do that so much anymore. But you're right. There are elements of fans. And then there's people who, you know, probably love Michael for the visual side. And that was their fandom. And there are people who love the band for the the sounds, the sounding sides, you know, et cetera, there and the sonics that come through. So, but the, the notion of fandom is just an interesting thing that we will explore throughout, I guess, uh, the interview today and talk in general about because, the end of the day, 
we are just fans, aren't we? And I know, yeah. I know a very famous um, uh, lead singer, a uh, contemporary of Michael's, Bono, used to use that phrase quite a bit, and, uh, especially around the Rattle and Hum time. He said, oh, we're just fans, you know, we're just, you know, we're in a band, but we're fans too. And, you mm. know, I guess uh, every sort of band that's made it, I guess, throughout their, their career had to be a love, had to have a love of music. Um, that's right. I know uh, as a band matured like in excess uh, and went on tour and played, you know, into the late 90s and things together, uh, they, you know, played on bills with people like Beck. You know, they played on bills with people like Smashing Pumpkins and um, other sort of artists who were coming through. And uh, I know a lot of those band members, you know, went to in excess concerts in their youth. Um, mm. You know, Jimmy, Cor- uh, uh, I think Jimmy, um, Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins. I know Beck, you know, Rob Thomas, some of these guys, uh, you know, went to in excess concerts. Uh, back in the 80s and the kick days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess, as I said, music is this generational thing where you mm. start off as a fan, you become a player, and then you end up becoming a, a success, hopefully. But then, you know, you attract the next level of fans. So it's an ever-going cycle, this thing, isn't it? Well, it's like you were saying as well, but even from like from Tim, he was a fan of Chic or Chic, wherever you yeah. want to call it. That's right. So, yeah, looking forward to, as I said, you know, your uh, deep dive with Chuck, and I hope the listeners do as well. Okay. But what time is it? It's time for the news. Hi, it's Carmen here from Wollongong, Australia. You're listening to the world's best in excess podcast, in excess access all areas, and now it's time for the news. All right, with news this week, B, we are happy to report some chart action at the time of recording. We do have some updated figures from the ARIA charts about the very best of. Uh, very exciting news here, B. We have a surge that has gone on in the last week and a half. A surge. It's gone from 39 to 29. <gasps> so it's uh, said bugger the 30s. We're moving into the 20s again, and we're giving this album a, uh, a 15th uh, uh, shot at life because it's 340,000th week or something like that. <laughs> so, uh, look, you know, we keep plugging and, and persevering, and uh, I guess if uh, we can add one or two sales to the quota, it all adds up, doesn't it? Yeah, great. Good job everybody yeah and speaking of all things australia uh apra who's the australian performing rights association they have probably over the years had a songwriters award that goes out to particular artists now probably back in the heyday of in excess apra didn't exist in its format so uh this particular week they announced a bunch of nominees that they will trim down to i think five uh, but uh, for the very first time, ironically, uh, Andrew and Michael are nominated for that by virtue of the sample of Dua Lipa's uh, Break My Heart. So they've actually, for the first time in their career, been nominated in Australia for the Australian Performers uh, Rights Association Song of the Year. Excellent. For what is effectively someone doing a cover of their material. So yeah. as I said, it probably wasn't around in their heyday, um, but uh, that list will be trimmed down and uh, I think there's some other people who've been nominated for that, like Midnight Oil and Colin Minogue and that for the first time. So mm-hmm. uh, it's nice to see recognition come their way as always. Very uh, Yeah. Speaking of recognition, though, B, it's a very famous anniversary this week. It feels like there's an anniversary every week, whether it's, um, you know, the, the band's release of an album, et cetera, there, but there's probably a more personal, uh, close-to-home anniversary. good one, though, hey. I mean, yeah. 40 years just well, share think, with the listeners what it is. But just think of 40 years. 40 oh, years. It's a long time, hey? A very long time. Well, I can't relate to that, B, because I'm younger than you. So just share with the <laughs> listeners what that sounds like, being 40. 
Mm, let's, Pause. Let's not go there. <laughs> anyway, but, who, but what's the anniversary? Maybe share what that is. For Tim and Buffy, and an anniversary. So they're away, I'm sure, having a lovely time together. That's a bloody long time. Yeah. Kudos to both of you. <laughs> yeah. I, I said it when you mentioned that to me. Uh, I was like, how do you do that? Um, I don't know. Yeah. You become a rock star and you go away for 20 years. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Maybe there's what you call time That's on time. That's what it is. <laughs> time on time off. When are you going on tour? Are you going on tour again soon, yeah, please? Yeah, bugger off. <laughs> then, it's, then it's probably like, when are you getting back from tour? <laughs> Bring me presents. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing on tour? <laughs> yeah. All right. So congratulations to them. Um, also, too, just a couple other little things uh, in the news. Uh, in Excessive uh, have announced, uh, I think, a concert here in the state of Victoria, uh, a place called Geelong. At the Sphinx Hotel. Sounds like something that you'd find in uh, Vegas. Uh, but I think that's in March. They're going to be playing a big cover show there. Also, I think this week, uh, Chris Murphy's uh, wife and partners uh, did put out quite a, a heartfelt sort of tribute to her late husband. Again, I haven't gone through the deep contents of it, but I think uh, in the last few weeks, there's probably tributes everywhere. And I, I think the uh, the tree uh, conservation thing on his property is such a, a lovely homage to, to him and, and to nature, which obviously was important to Chris. Yeah, we were going to get ours, um, our avocado tree. It was going to be delivered by, um, what's it, what's that, those things called? Truck. <laughs> a crane. These <laughs> <laughs> doing so, uh, 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 What's the name? A room, a zoom? What are they called? Drone. A drone. <laughs> B had a hand up on the t- on the screen for anyone who can't see, and she looked like she was doing tarantula hands, oh. <laughs> uh, tarantula hands, uh, while the, while the lighting is going out on her property. I was going to say it's all happening. Someone's <laughs> trying to tell me something. <laughs> Live to radio. <laughs> Maybe that's Chris. Chris from above saying. Yeah, Chris just like, turned the lights off and on as I was okay. talking about the drone. He said no. But can people can people also donate to that as a wider sort of community be like not just us other people can can't they as a tribute to Chris and things? Yes, via um, Petrol Records. So if yep. you get in touch with Petrol Records, they'll let you know how to go about that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and probably the last little tidbit of news is there's an Aussie American band called the Walkabout, which is a, a good old Indigenous Aboriginal term often used for going for a walkabout. They have released this week a cover of uh, an NXS song, which is quite a rare cover in the sense that it was not from Michael. It was uh, the song Afterglow, oh, sung by JD. Really? So if you go uh, and download or uh, that article or whatever there, you will see a video sort of uh, Dropbox where you can open that up and have a listen to it uh quite a faithful covering and things like that which is good the article itself um spells michael hutchins name wrong so that's a little bit of a negative it's not ins as in hutchins it's uh ence so you know uh, anyone who's uh, doing research in media get your facts straight okay yeah, uh, get your right. <laughs> uh, so but uh yeah it's nice to see even a later uh, in excess song in their arsenal get covered b i don't think that yes I don't think that's the last bit of news, though, is it? Because I'm a little bit upset, aren't I? Are you? Okay, well, please please vent, okay? (laughs) Why you go. (laughs) Well, as we speak, Ash and Moon 
are doing a nice little acoustic set. Yep. And I was hoping that we could actually listen in and do do, but I can't get on. I've paid my 12 bucks and I can't get in. I have got a big X above me. B, B has done our $12. I've okay. done my $12. Uh, but obviously our, our, not enough. Our patrons are in a lot of them, aren't they? Everybody else is in telling me how good it is and I can't get yeah. in. Yeah, okay. Anyway, well, I'll, I won't hold it against you, GB. Okay, well... GGB. Okay. Well, what we could do is maybe get Gary to, to earn his 12 bucks back and he can come on as a guest very soon. So there you go. There you go. All right. That's news of the week. Hey, this is Tim Farris, and you're listening to Access All Areas with Hayden and B. Hey. Now it's time for Topic of the Week, sponsored by Tilly and Wilbur providing unique Australian designed and affordable expressive wear. They make ethical choices one tea at a time by using sustainable quality clothing, supporting fair trade and using recycled packaging. Use the code INEXCESSPOD for 20% off your first purchase at tillianwilbur.com.au. And welcome to the Beeline. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're my first interview. So I'm honored to have such a huge In Excess fan on the yeah, show to begin with. Well, thank you. So um, I would call you a super fan, but what would you call yourself? Um, just a regular guy who had the good fortune to meet and see the band in 1984 and over the years be- become friends, really friends, good friends with them. And and still maintain a friendship to this day. I am a fan, you know, and, and in fact, I don't know, about eight years ago, Andrew pulled me aside after a sh- one of their shows. He said, he says, Chuck, just between us, do you really still like this or do you just come because <laughs> you want to support us and we're friends, you know? Probably seen him 75 or 80 times over the years. Wow. Never, saw, never saw him do a bad show, seriously. Why? Yeah, just incredible. So I believe you. (laughs) And great people too, great guys. So yeah, yeah, you're pretty close to them, aren't you? So what was the first tour you saw them on back in '84? What would that have been? They were on tour supporting the Go Go's, who I liked, and I went to see the Go Go's. I had heard of NXS, but really didn't know much about them, and I thought they were really good and an old friend who worked for the Go-Go's record company asked me what I was doing after the show. And I said, don't have any plans. He invited me back to the hotel. The Go-Go's were staying at to hang out in a bar or whatever. And NXS wasn't staying there, but they showed up and came and hung out. And we actually initially bonded over the three stooges of all things. <laughs> we're, we're, we're all big three stooges fans. We were probably up till three in the morning being silly talking about the Three Stooges and whatnot. And then they headlined a club show in Chicago at a club called Metro that's still around. 
it's general admission. I was waiting in line out front for the doors to open with a couple of friends and the band pulled up and got out. And, and it was actually Michael who saw me first and, you know, Hey, you know, they all came over and stuff. And, you know, things kind of grew from there went to see him all the time and somebody recently asked me and i said there's a point i, I think it was probably around 1991 where it kind of went from this huge band that i was friendly with to like real friends that happened to be in this band yeah you know, the friends that kind of took over is is more of it you know and um i i'm very blessed and honored to still call them friends when i speak to people that's what i hear that they're so friendly and open and they just love to be around people like yourselves who are fun and engaging and um and i should imagine you were quite recognizable back then you're not the average fan looking are you really you're a big tall guy probably stood out in the crowd for a fair bit <laughs> Interestingly, now, one of the things that people bring up to me is that, and, and I don't know if this is really true, but they said it's kind of interesting. They like to hear my stories or my perspective because I am just like a regular guy. I, you know, I was never, I mean, I did some promotional work on the side on the side of a rock club in Chicago, but the music business or the film industry, was that's not what I've ever been involved in. You know, so that had nothing to do with my friendship with the band at all. We just became friends, you know? Yeah, yeah. So what is it that you actually do? I write for the Chicago Tribune newspaper. And how long have you been doing that? 35, 35 years. I oh. started off writing sports and after about 16 years switched over and do like, you know, news and human interest features and stuff like that. Cool. And then you're into quite a few bands, aren't you? How did you know the Go-Go's manager? How did that happen? No, I, well, it was actually the promotion guy from their the record promotions company. guy, sorry. Um, you know, really what most of that came from, my closest friends are in a band called Shoes that are from the area, and they had records on, three albums on Elektra Records, and they were, they're kind of like power pop legends. Like, I met R.E.M. in 83 and they, because they were huge Shoes fans. Somebody, it was actually the same guy that asked me to come and hang out. His name was Keith that, you know, he worked for IRS Records and, and he asked me to come and, you know, hang out with, after the Go-Go show. It's just funny how things fall into place, uh, you know. Definitely. Like I said, I really hadn't heard much about NXS at that yeah. point. Yeah, I suppose they were inks at first to you, hey, being in America. No, only because I had heard somebody actually say it first before <laughs> I ever saw it. So, but otherwise it would have been, yeah, we laugh about that inksis, you know, that was like. <laughs> and, and what city was that? Was that in Chicago where you live? Well, it was a Chicago market in the suburbs. Oh, okay, okay. And so um, over the years, you became friends with them so did you follow them to other cities when they were in america or did you, what what how did that go yeah i i mean i didn't like basically i i did go to several shows outside of my area and i usually pick well i always pick places where i had friends living mm -hmm. yeah so i would go visit my friends and bring them to the show you know and stuff and see the guys every time it's the first time that i took somebody to see them they were blown away by how good they were. Even if they were a fan, they did never seen them live. But the other comment at the end of the night was, what an amazing confidence. I can't believe how nice they are. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> and that's why we love them so much, isn't it? Good guys. Yep. So, yep. so over the years, you've built a fair collection, I hear. You hear. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
I, I've never been one like to be what they call a completist. I don't have to have everything, but yeah, I, I've collected a good amount of memorabilia over the years. I have some very special things. I got a really cool thing for my collection last year when I went to see Andrew perform in Nashville. He had written some notes to himself, just words and music stuff just to have when he was performing. And I visited with him afterwards and he just, he, he turns around, he pulls out these sheets, you know, they're one of a kind. And he goes, here, I want you to have this. Oh, how nice. Uh, you know, no. And years ago, Kirk said someday that I have to come and visit him and go into the garage and go through all the boxes of stuff that he had, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and I've actually put quite a bit of stuff aside that hopefully one day I'll be able to give the tiger. Yes. You've met Tiger when she was a baby, hey? I missed her by about an hour. Oh, that's right. You missed by an hour. Yeah. And you're you're the guy, if anyone's um, looking at any pictures around there, that you're the guy that bought um, Michael the T-shirt um, for yes. Michael. And yeah, how did that go? What did, what, tell us the well, story. God bless Martha Trump, their old manager. I mean, I love Martha anyway, but... I had had the t-shirts made. I knew Michael had had, you know, a daughter and I hadn't seen him since then. And I was going out for three shows in California, plus the Tonight Show taping with Jay Leno. And the day of the show at the Greek Theater in LA, they actually did an afternoon brief concert for a radio station in the parking lot. They'd set up a stage. So I brought the t-shirts with me, Martha Flip. And after that show was over, I went back to hang out and visit. And I pulled out the shirts for Michael and he, well, you can see in the picture that people have asked me, what's my favorite picture I with Michael. That's it. That's it. You know, yeah. and the smile on his face, he was so touched. And Martha's the one that said, Chuck, give me your camera. We have to get a picture of this. That's and I'm, I'm so glad that she did, you know, and, and Michael said to me, you know, he was, he was a little bummed that I just met just missed meeting Paula and tiger. But he, he, he had said to me, he had said to me multiple times, he can't wait for me to meet tiger. Aww. you know Aww. so hopefully that will happen someday. hopefully one day that will happen that will happen i hope she is listening in and she hears you and uh recognizes that you're the voice behind that photo well i have been told that she has seen the photo by yeah somebody in the know and that she loved it so now that's, that's good that's great so apart from um that meeting what other meetings with michael would you say um you remember the most wow i can name a couple uh, kind of quickly one of them was after a show in Rockford Illinois which is about an hour and a half in Chicago it's actually the home of Cheap Trick too one of my other favorite bands band. <laughs> and, and so we went we're hanging out at the hotel and stuff and somehow it ended up I don't know how it was late like really late and Michael and I were both a little overtired and slap happy so we were up at like 3 30 in the morning like coming up with like fake names for him to use at the hotel and, and, and just you know just really stupid most of them were really stupid but we were just laughing and, and and actually the last time i saw michael was in toronto i went up at the end of september of 97 they played two nights in a row at this huge club and the second this the the second day i had a few things i needed him to sign and they were f specific things for people. And I had asked him about it earlier and he said he couldn't do it right then, but he says, I'll come down about a half hour before we're leaving for the venue. So just meet me down. Lo and behold, the elevator opens up and there's Michael. Oh. You know, and we went and sat down and he, he saw what I had made for these people. 
he and he just says he's like chuck this is brilliant he goes you should be doing our merchandising you know this is brilliant, <laughs> you know? And, but he was always i mean all of them were, were just always wonderful i loved having the opportunity in 97 la to meet his mother and yes. she yeah she was just so sweet and i'll never forget I was chatting with her and she said, Oh honey, I just wish you wouldn't swear on stage so much. <laughs> so, we just laughed, you know, but um, everybody that I've met that worked with the band, you know, everybody's just been fabulous. Kirk was the one that I was always the closest with. I was, that was um, my next yeah. question, actually. Well, Who were you close I read your mind. Yeah. yeah. And, and well, why do you think close. that is? Why Kirk? I, I don't know. It just kind of happened. And in fact, when I went out, to LA for a couple tapings of the Rockstar in Excess show. They took good care of me with VIP treatment. It was it was a little embarrassing actually, but I, I went in and I, one of my close friends out there, Stephanie, she's got some great stories too, but we went together and we were like in the studio area where they had the audience and, and they're getting ready to start and we turned around and there's, it was Tim and Gary and, and they saw me and like, they're like, does Kirk know you're here? You know, and I, said, yeah, that's a, and, and I mean, over the years since then, I've gotten I'm still close with Kirk, you know, keep in touch. But I um, have gotten much closer with, with Gary and Andrew. Um, I when I go to L.A. to, to, to see friends, um, the last like three times I've gone out and spent the afternoon at Gary's house with him and his family. It's been wonderful. And I realized last night people have been posting like on social media, like the last live concert they saw before the pandemic. My last two were two nights in a row. I saw Gary's new band play, Ash and Moon. Yeah. Tell us about the band. Well, they were not like full-blown concerts. They were special things. One of them was for a fundraiser for a charity. And then the other one, they're, they're just kind of getting, you know, kind of getting the kinks out and stuff. No, they were great, you know. And the first night that we went, they weren't going on for a while. And I saw, you know, his wonderful singer standing. And I went up and introduced myself. He goes, oh, you're Chuck. He goes, you're a legend. <laughs> like, whoa. You know, so that was pretty funny. I, said, I don't know about that, but they were, they were all super nice guys. Great band, you know, yeah. looking forward to hearing more from them. Yeah. And it was wonderful. Yeah. It was wonderful to go to Nashville and see Andrew, who I hadn't seen in eight years. I let his wife know I was coming, but I asked her not to tell him. When they finally opened the doors before the show, I went in and he was talking to somebody, he finished, and he turned around and he saw me, he just got this huge smile on his face. Aww. You know, we, we had a hug and talked and we talked more afterwards. And his wife is just fabulous. She's beautiful, like inside and outside, you know, as Gary's wife is too, you know, and Gary's got the twins and stuff and they're just super, super wonderful kids. The time before, real quick, when I went to see Gary, I brought the kids some NXS stuff. <laughs> and, and and one of the things I brought was like an NXS sticker, uh, like on tour sticker. And they had a little drum kit at that time they played on, you know, we used to play around on, and they put it on like the bass drum, but they put it upside down. It was just, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was just precious, you know? So, you know. Yes, um, Marlena is um, fabulous, isn't she? She's a really She's lovely wonderful. lady. Yeah, I, yeah. I do. I do get what you say. She's just a precious soul. So, so um, and I think she's lit Andrew up again, hasn't she? And helped him with yeah. his new career. Yeah. Really. Yeah. 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 She's um, her family. She's really I, meet, I did get to meet a couple of people in her family. They were just lovely, you know. Mm. And, and just to, you know, just to give people just a little quick insight into how wonderful, um, you know, I, I know that you're aware of, of one of our friends 
who's a huge fan. I think she lives in Melbourne, who's had a lot of health issues. Yes. And who I've become friendly with, you know, and we've talked on the phone a few times too. And she has to go in for treat periodically. It's really rough on her in the hospital. So I, I, I contacted Andrew and, um, and Gary, and they both made little like video message clips to her, just kind of encouraging her, you know, kind of, my thought was mind over matter, you know, just, and I, you know, surprised her and posted them on her page and she just like, couldn't believe it. They were both more than happy to do it, you know. Yes, it was lovely, very uplifting for her. Her, her name's Jessica, is that right? Yes. 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 Hi, Jessica, we wish you um, all best wishes of getting well. Definitely. Soon. So um, I met you on the Australian In Excess page, I do believe, and then I invited you over to my Hutch Nation page, but you didn't stick around for long. So my page is a little bit different. Why was that? Come on, tell me. Um, To be really honest, and I believe in being honest, most of the In Excess and Michael pages that I initially joined, I have disassociated myself from. I think it's wonderful that there are fans out there and want to do things, but um, I just really got, I got tired of seeing nasty comments from people and judgments about people. You know, Michael's been gone for a long time now, right? 23 years and, you know, and I could probably go on one of those pages now and somebody's rehashing the same thing and they feel like they know what's in everybody's head that they never met. And, and, and you know what, God bless them and I mean that and I wish everybody great health and success and I really mean that but I just really don't want to be a part of it I've made a lot of wonderful friends yourself included Jessica Sharon you know people from that you know I'm just talking about people from outside the country you know and I am hoping to make my first trip to Australia maybe next year or the year after too and and meet up with the boys and some friends and stuff and we'll have a big party or something maybe we can even get tired of come who knows who knows who knows well um i'm looking forward to having a first birthday party for the show um in may but who knows with covid but just going back to your thoughts on the fan pages that's probably another reason why I started the Hutch Nation page was there was a lot of negativity or sadness, like you say, um, around certain times and like the sad day, as we call it. But um, we wanted to celebrate Michael and celebrate in excess as much as possible. Um, There's a lot of pages that go on about Michael's money and things like that. I don't think he's got anything to do with the fans. The fans should not get involved with that and just enjoy the music. That's why Hayden and I decided that this platform was going to be majority about the music and in excess as a whole, not just about right. Michael. Um, right. I do, I, I do understand a lot of people think in excess is Michael because he's such a bloody star out there. He's an amazing man, but you know, I, I've learned a, a, a so much more about the music and where they've come from. And they're such a hardworking band. And it was all about in excess and all six of them. I say seven with with um, Chris as well, but um, yeah, some of these fan pages, please, guys, just um, try and ignore the negativity. It's hard. I mean, I know it, it gets brought up a fair bit for uh, a few of the pages, but um, well, it's not I fair for the new that, people. I ref- the new fans, I feel for. 
I, somebody sent me a friend request about a week ago and there was a lot of mutual friends. It was big NXS and I had no idea who they were. And I used to really not accept most of those because mm-hmm. I'm a big snob, right? <laughs> no, just, but then I finally realized, look, if there's a problem with someone, I can always delete them. You know, it's not a big deal. That's fine. So next thing I know, I'm getting, you know, I get a personal message saying, hey, thanks for accepting my friend request. Hey, nice to meet you. I, I responded. Then I get, so I understand that you actually know the band and are friends with them. And, and it was just like, yeah, I've been friends with them for many years. When's the last time you saw Michael? How did he seem to you? Uh, you know, like, and it's just like I, going, you know what? I'm really not comfortable getting into this, especially with somebody I don't know. Yeah. You know, and so... And I just don't understand, I mean, teach their own why 23 years later, we're still talking about this, but hey. I think mainly it's the new fans that are coming on and wanting to know as much possible. I mean, I, I, I must admit, I was probably one of those people, but you you don't put it out on the platforms. You don't, It's because you understand then that it's very personal to a lot of fans and they've heard it and heard it and heard it. So if you do yep. want information, I would suggest go read the books. Go read the yeah. books. They're all, it's yeah, all the, the, books. The, the only thing I would say about that, the books and other things that I strongly feel, people assume that when they read things that certain people, which I won't mention names, have said that that must be a fact. Mm-hmm. And that's not always the case. I'm not saying people are purposely lying necessarily. Take the information, take it all with somewhat of a grain of salt, you know, and just take it in and learn and be interested. But but don't necessarily assume that because you see it in some place that it's the gospel, because I know that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. And sometimes it's not written from them. It's written from a third party as well. Or it's it's grabbed from another book and rehashed even. Yeah. I'm not going to mention names either, but I do like story to story. But even some of the facts in that I've been told, (laughs) some of the dates are a little bit wrong, but it can't be right all the time. Can we? Yep. We can just Uh, try (laughs) <laughs> we do. So what's your favorite in excess song? Wow. If you ask me a month from now, it'd probably be different. But for the last several months, there's two that are, have been really my favorites. It's um, now I'm having a, a, a mind cramp. Um, <laughs> That's not okay. enough time. Not enough time. Oh, yeah. And um I'm having a mind cramp with the other one. It's okay. It will come to you. How about the albums? Probably Welcome to Wherever You Are. Mm-hmm. That's Hayden's. <laughs> um, yeah, probably. I remember in 97 that was chatting with Michael and, and he said, Chuck, he goes, he says, you know, he goes, what do you think of Full Moon? And I said, it's a great record. He said, do you ever listen to it anymore? I said, yeah. He goes, I just listened to it recently for the first time in a long time. I like it more now than I did, yeah. you know, back then. Sometimes things, it takes time, you know. I think, I don't know if you've listened to any of our podcasts previous to this, but Hayden's taught me to listen to the individual parts that the guys play. And when right. you go back to like Full Moon, you know, you you, you listen to that bass line at the beginning you know and the and the percussion and you get really drawn into that song and i was very very fortunate a couple of weeks ago to go and see that song played live i hadn't seen it played live live ever 
and it was by um, the Don't Change Boys, which I can't. Okay. They're amazing. They are amazing. I know you're you're kick because you've we got kick. You do. Yeah. I love I Jason and the boys. Them. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, I become friends become friendly with them too probably seen them about a half dozen times yeah they do a great job yes. you know and, and um what i'm hoping is that if they make it to los angeles someday if, if i can go out there and i've told them this and they're just like whoa i'm gonna try and get gary to the show and get him up on stage oh, for a couple of times. that would be good i'm sure gary would do that too wouldn't he I think so. I think he would, you know, but I think they, I think the biggest compliment that I've given those guys and they're great guys too. They are. But the biggest compliment. And I've told everybody in excesses about this band kick that they do in excess proud. And I don't know that I could give them a better compliment. Yeah. I've seen them a few times. Yeah. Jay, Jason's the um, Tim equivalent, I would say. And um, he's just a really nice guy. I think he's just got married too. So congratulations, uh, Jason. Um, but my, uh, my Blair is <laughs> somewhere else when he's on stage though. He is not Michael, but there's some of the moves he just, I think it's the music. It just takes you into those moves. It's mm. amazing. And when they did um, Full Moon, Dirty Hearts, wow, it was, you made me cry. Put it that way. Oh, very good. It was very, yeah, it took me, I closed my eyes and I was there. It was yep. amazing. Amazing. Yep. So have you got any other stories that you can share with us about? Yeah, you know what? I, I, I'll tell you a great story. It Ooh. was in 97. After the band came back and played Chicago at the end of August, a big outdoor show, mm. and it was, um, it was, let's see, it was Meredith Brooks. Do you remember her? She had no. a big hit song called "I'm a Bitch." <laughs> Not it my type of hit. woman. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it was. It was her, and then it was um, Matchbox Twenty, who were fairly relatively new at that time, mm-hmm. and then it was the Violent Femmes. We're actually from Milwaukee, but you know, they had a pretty big following. They released albums and then in excess, it was a lot of fun and, and a couple of quick things that day. So I, I, I took like four or five friends with me and we were hanging out backstage and stuff. And by the time in excess was going to go on, there were no seats. There. It was just this big open field. And I'm like, wow, we better go find a spot to watch, you know? And I don't know. And, and, it was, and Kirk was, he goes, hang on. He says, just stay right here. He comes back and he went and talked to his guitar tech. They let us go and watch the show from up on the side of the stage. Wow. Yeah. And it actually at one point, and my friends were all women that were there. And at one point I kind of stepped back and I just, I'll never forget this, just watching from behind all of them because, and their friends, you know, just like having such a great time and that made me feel good. But there was one point too, where, there was an instrumental break or something and Michael walks over to us and, and, and he, I think he shook a can of something and sprayed it all over. Oh. Him or something, you know? <laughs> um, but, 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 but from there, the band went to Detroit and then Cleveland. And I was supposed to go with my friends, Wendy and Stephanie. They're both very close friends. And I had a minor medical issue and it turned out I probably could have gone, but I didn't. Oh. And I am actually glad I didn't go because Wendy and Stephanie had an experience that wouldn't, I don't think it would have happened if I had been there. They went back to hang out with the band in the hotel afterwards and they ended up, well, f- first of all, Martha Trump came to them. You guys have any idea where we can get loose meat sandwiches? Michael wants a loose meat sandwich. And they went out 
and they're not from, but they went out and found loose meat sandwiches and came back. They ended up spending the entire night in Michael's room. He was showing them pictures of Tiger and talking and stuff. Wendy had driven up that day. She was exhausted. And so and he, he said, you guys can just crash here. Michael went in to brush his teeth. And, and Wendy was exhausted. She walks in and says to Michael, thanks so much for letting us sleep. And he, it caught, he spit up the toothpaste all over the place because he just made him laugh the way she said it. You know? <laughs> it, it was very innocent, but um, yeah. And again, like I said, I'm glad I didn't go because I don't think things would have played out. And I think it's just such a great memory for Wendy and Stephanie to have, you know, and uh, Stephanie's got something really cool too that I did for her in Toronto. She wanted to come and couldn't make it. I had a little cassette recorder. I had each of the guys leave a mess, say a message to her. And she's got the recording and Michael says, hi, Stephanie, beautiful baby. Lots of love from Michael. Oh my goodness. Very special. I think a lot of girls would like that. I think a lot of boys would probably like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's very personal. That's amazing. Yeah, I can just imagine me in the bathroom, just like la da da da, as he says, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, letting you sleep. This probably didn't let a lot of girls sleep. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I mean, time and a place for everything, right? <laughs> yep. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. pleasure. No, mine too. Um, would you come back on again another time? Of course. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, it's a goodbye from um, Sydney. Well, I hope to see you there sometime. Yeah, you do. You do that. You get your plane over here. All right. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. This is Laurie from Chicago, and now it's time for Pleasure and Pain. It's back, finally. Pleasure and Pain. It feels like an eternity since we delved deep into what was our childhood or early uh, adulthood uh, songs of pleasure and songs that we look back with cringe and pain, Be I must say, tick to you, have you got a list of some really good ones today, which we are excited to talk about, but 1991 is the year, isn't it? That's a pretty oh, formative year. Oh, it was a great year. It yeah. was an absolute fantastic year. I think it was the year that I went to Glastonbury, actually. And that's the year oh, you entered your 30s yeah. and made my 20s. Is that right? No, I was in my <laughs> 20s, you cheeky sod. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> You're right. so cheeky. Okay, that's all right. I've had I've had a Pepsi earlier, so I feel a bit caffeined up. But uh, what we will do, as we do in these instances, we're in that sweet spot where music was quite a big thing in our lives. So there's just too many to put in, sort of the good and the bad in one sort of episode. So B B's going to be putting in her sort of top ten or so uh, good ones, and then I'm going to put my top ten good ones in, and then we're going to save next week for the bad ones. Okay. <laughs> or the next week after that, whatever for the they bad are ones. Really bad. There are some shockers. <laughs> And there's so many good ones. So we, we yes. for, for time constraints, we, we're just going to go good today mm-hmm. and be positive. So uh, over to you, B. Let's put on your little montage. Oh, very exciting. goodies. All right. All right.
Well, did you enjoy that? Because I just absolutely had such a great time putting all those songs together. Takes you back, doesn't it? Oh my God. I so want to go back. I even yeah. talked about a time machine today yeah. on the on the Facebook page, found the Nexus Jet, and I says, come on, who's coming with me? But um, N- Nirvana, yeah, that was their year, wasn't it? That's when they stole the show. It was all about um, all about them, really, wasn't it? That yeah. song, amazing, amazing. Well, it's where are the tunes, the melodies, and the guitars these days? You just don't mm. hear it. You turn on the radio and just drum machines and things, and then you know keyboards and feels like that. Um, it? Computers, it sounds like so uh, unorganic. So, yeah. um, but uh, can I be a nerd on some of these songs? Being give the listeners a little tidbit of facts and stuff. All right, then. If you got gonna, time? If you want to, if you want to. Well, go your back. list is great. Smells like Teen Spirit. Uh, a little bit of a guitar ripoff from More Than a Feeling from Boston, oh. and uh, a little bit of uh, a ripoff of uh, La, uh, what's that band? The Trogs, uh, uh, Wild Thing. Yeah, it was a little uh, bit like but that, wasn't it? They took it to another level. It's fantastic. Mm. Uh, your next one here, B, was EMF. Unbelievable. Oh, I went <laughs> to see them. Oh my god! And that, that mm. it was when that song was released, and I went to yeah. see them, and they were was already touring and it just went off it was yeah. really good i love his little voice it's so yeah. cute yeah well emf i think that they had they sampled the uh, andrew dice clay sort of show with that that whoa unbelievable that mm. hook good choice um mm. next and one then- you got down here is rosella yeah, everybody's free. <laughs> See, I was I was in that. I had friends that were clubby, and then I mm. had friends that were independent, and I just couldn't decide very- where I was. I was, in, you know, throughout yeah. the week, I, I'd put on like you know my yeah. uh, baggy shirt, and then next minute, I'd put on my little <laughs> tight shirt. Do you know? Well, it, yeah. <laughs> well that song was uh, using a Coke commercial, but it was very catchy, mm. and it's real ninety ninety one sort of electronica, isn't it? Yeah, loved it, loved it. And then George Michael. I mean, I keep saying I'm not a George Michael fan, but then I keep coming out with all these songs, but that's just such a great song. It's probably the only song off that album, Listen Without Prejudice, that gets played these days. And I think it was called Freedom 90, wasn't it? You know, Mm. to distinguish it from the Freedom song from Wham. That's right. That's that's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, Seal. Next one, Seal. Oh, Oh, my God, what a man. Beast breaking out of cold sweat, ladies. Oh my god, what a man! <laughs> and I mean, his wife, gorgeous, wasn't she? Um, Heidi Klum, ex-wife, but, ex-wife. Hmm. Yes, that's okay. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> but Seal and that song. Didn't he play with somebody else before this though? He did a duet with another guy, didn't don't he? No. Yeah, he did. But I don't maybe. know if perhaps one of the listeners can tell us about that. Mm. I remember him being um, like a special guest on a song. Right. And that's the first time I heard him. But the, okay. this this whole album is just completely magical. So mm. if you want to least, if you've never heard of Seal um, and only heard of that one song, go back and get that whole album. I think the it, production of that song, he came around at a similar time of Lenny Kravitz, but the production of that song, you know, Crazy, was pretty groundbreaking at the time. You know, mm, mm. Uh, it's funny actually. When I was looking at the video, it's got that white background of that, mm. um, that sort of pose, you know, yeah, yeah. And it was very much that time. And it's funny, mm. like, go, don't change, and not don't change, sorry, baby, don't cry came out of this. No, it wasn't, it was disappear, wasn't it? Mm. Came out around the that time, time, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, cool. and then <laughs> Jesus Jones, Jesus Jones. Yeah, yeah. You've gone with international bright young thing, not right here, right now. Mm, well, that so was there in, you go. Yeah, both I, hits, of course. Yeah. Both hits, but that one's a bit more dear to me because uh, I was an international bright young thing. What are you talking about? 
<laughs> All right. Sung for you. Yeah. And All then, right. oh, primal scream. No, you had the farm next. Oh, the farm next, yeah. Oh, the farm. I've heard of them. What were they? Um, they were never... Very Englishy, weren't they? Yeah, very English. Um, I'm not sure if they were from... I'm, I'm the English listeners will let us know, but they were sort of clumped together with the Manchester Brigade, you know, all of those, like the Happy Mondays and the farm, and they and the Stone Roses came out, I think, in 92. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, they were all and in spiral carpets and all yep, of those. Yep. Oasis were just on the cusp as well. So hey, they're all... Spiral carpets, you know who the roadie mm. was for them? Mm-mm, your dad? No. Noel Gallagher. Really? Yeah, he's a roadie. Yeah, he's uh, in spiral carpets, yeah. I liked in spiral carpets. I had a few of their yeah. albums. Yeah, so yeah. that it was all It was all the I, ha- I had a boyfriend at the time called Gary. Hi, Gary, if you're listening. Yeah. And um, he introduced me to Hi, a Gary, look of... what you missed out on. <laughs> yeah right um <laughs> he had fun b <laughs> mm. he introduced me to a lot of alternate stuff back then not alternate but all the the new stuff coming from manchester but uh yeah and anyway the next one primal scream yay 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 love it love it that's my favorite on your list that song well the, i mean I, I can't get enough of Primal Scream. Well, you know what they were? They were like um, the Rolling Stones sort of mm. meets uh, acid sort of um, jazz sort of rock. Um, Clever. Uh, no, probably not acid jazz. They're probably like Rolling Stones meets the ha- the Hacienda. Yes. You know, they had that sort of bluesy sort of solving background with this you know, acidy mm. trip sort of dancey mm. thing going, which was great. Yeah. And I've met Bobby backstage in the green room as well, mm. and he, he is such a rock star, mm. such a rock star. Mm. Okay, and then what did I have next? Massive Attack. Oh. Great, great, great. <laughs> Such a great video I reckon well. you've raided my collection. You've broken into my home and looked at my CD collection. Really? Have I? <laughs> maybe, we, maybe, we, maybe we were s- s- separate souls from different nations listening to the same thing at the same time. Yeah, well, yeah, we were. Apart. Yeah. Shut your freaking <laughs> face. You're so Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, but you look older. So thank you. Um, Moby. Yeah. Now that particular song, I probably listened to it more so a few years later um, Mm. when I met my husband, who is like now um, James. He um, he went to live in London. I was living in Birmingham, so I used to catch the bullet train down, Mm. and. It's got that. You put that song on, and you go, mm. you do feel like you're going. It was yeah. just. Well, he. It's, it's I think like he broke in England first of any other country because of the dance scene and whatever. He was mm. part of that, and then it's only later, years later, he broke in America. Really, probably eight or nine years later. So, oh, right. um, and then Australia, obviously, as well. So, um, oh, it was yeah. massive here straight away. Yeah. Yeah, and then fate. Oh my God, faithless. By insomnia, is that right? No, yeah. is it so, is faithless or is the song faithless or is it? Are you in- joking? Do you not know who this is? I th- it, it rings a bell. Hayden, but- <laughs> Hayden, <laughs> please. So the song's tell insomnia, you know. is that right? The song is insomnia, right? right. You're going to listen to this again yeah. all the way through, and it's okay. going to be one of your favorite songs. All okay, right. I'll report it next week. I've got homework. You better. All right, good list B. Mm-hmm. All right, Let's listen to yours.
My list is probably half international and half probably local. So I don't expect you to know some of the local stuff, but you heard a little bit of a, uh, tidbits of those uh, on there. First one there, the Lenny Kravitz one, that was a bit of a hit in the UK. You probably know that one. It don't oh, know until it's over. Yeah, that's a great song. That was yeah, a really yeah. good one. That's a good choice. Yeah, look, a great vocal. I think, you know, for Lenny came out when Seal came out and there was a little bit of a sort of, well, Seal's the critics guy and Lenny's a bit of a retro sort of Jimi Hendrix or regurgitation, but mm. I always like Lenny better because I just think he had more songs and depth uh, of songs that even if he was, you know, a bit retro sounding and this song has a sort of a retro sound to it, but I think It Ain't Over Till It's Over, such a great lyric and a great vocal and it was off the Mama Said album, which was just such a big thing in 91. And such a sexy man. <laughs> Well, I'll leave that to certain people. <laughs> All right. Uh, second one down here was a song called Nervous Kid. One Hit Wonders in Australia, a song basically by a band called The Maybe Dolls, a female sort of uh, singer, and it had a really great guitar hook in it. Uh, some of the uh, more local listeners to our podcast may remember it, but to me it was a uh, a big uh, uh, hit and, and a real catchy sort of tune at the time, a real sort of 1991 sound. Next one there was a band uh, called The Ghost Riders, Someone Singing in the Streets Again, New York. It uh, was the actual drummer from Midnight Oil who put a a side project together with a guy from the Hoodoo Gurus and they uh, created a sort of a a, a side project album and this was getting high rotation at the time and um, that was sort of how I got my list. I go, okay, from 91, what was I doing? What did I like? What did I listen to? And this this, you know, I won't say it was my favourite song in 91, but it was a song that was part of that era for mm. me and I remember it fondly. 
Yeah. Next one, a thousand miles away. The Hoodoo Gurus. Now you've been in Australia a long time. Do the Hoodoo Gurus resonate with you as a band or not Only really? Only because you mentioned them a fair bit, but right. I don't really know them that well. Look, they're probably a top five, eight band in Australia in the last 30 years mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, uh, chart success. Mark Opus has produced them. They've had, you know, they probably sort of bridge that gap from sort of psychedelic pop slash alternative pop commercial sort of sound. Um, but this song was uh, about touring, about a thousand miles away, and the lyrics are great. And um, there's a line in it that says, I spent half my life in airports attempting to sleep. Uh, and it, if you listen to the whole lyrics about the song, it's about being on tour and, and being away from home. And, you know, yesterday is a thousand miles away, the really soaring chorus. So yeah. hopefully the listeners heard a bit then and can go uh, dive deep on it. Okay, uh, next one down here, a bit of a weird choice. I've put down Radio Song by R.E.M. Yeah. And it's probably the most unlikely uh, radio song, pardon the pun, but uh, this was uh, the opening song on the Out of Time album at, the, at that particular year. And obviously everybody knows Losing My Religion and uh, Shiny Happy People and those songs. But this one was a, had a sort of a DJ rapper doing the voiceover at the start with oh. uh, great guitar. And I, I remember this was one of the first CDs I actually ended up buying. Oh, really? And I actually ordered this one and the Hoodoo Guru ones. Guru is one with that song before. Why yeah. a very newly formed CD club where you could write away and you got cheaper CDs. Oh. They were like like you know five ninety nine instead of ten ninety nine, and I, yeah. I I I joined a CD club. So that so they were the two <laughs> bands that I got. Um, yeah, I nearly got um, Shiny Happy People in my list because it was <laughs> um, it was in the uh, UK charts in ninety one. Yeah. But I took it back out again because <laughs> I'm not really an REM fan, but I no, quite I like, like that one song. It's like, yeah. oh, it's quite yeah. fun. Uh, next song on there was U2's The Fly. I remember Whoa. this coming out towards the end of 91. And this was a very confusing song to understand. But over time, and it taught me a lot about music and mm. it was so different than anything that I'd done. And, and it probably did spearhead that sort of second album lift for them that I talk about. And um, opened up a whole different sort of genre that they went down. Yeah. Um, and especially the vocal where, you know, you know, Bono was singing sort of almost like he was in a, a telephone booth where he says, I'm uh, got to go. I'm running out of change. There's a lot of things I'd like I'd rearrange. And he had that sort of irony thing going. Yeah. Um, but I like yeah, the beginning of it. Yeah. It was a real U turn sort of sound for them. Pardon, mm. pardon, <laughs> pardon again, U turn, U2. But it still holds up. Yeah. It didn't chart in America, but, you know, it was number one in Australia, I think, in the UK. And, was just that heralding of a new era. Mm-hmm. Moving along, uh, See the Lights by Simple Minds. Uh, soaring vocal, typical Simple Minds song, loved it. Mm. That Ain't Bad by Ratcat, the band that supported uh, on the X Factor tour. I know Lisa McIntosh this week or even today posted her tickets of that concert series. Ratcat were the biggest band uh, coming through around 91 in Australia. And they had a song called That Ain't Bad, which was a real sort of uh, fuzz pop sort of uh, sort of uh, thing going. And uh, they were uh, in excess of support band on that tour, which was great. Uh, Miles and Miles by Noiseworks. Uh, John Stevens again uh, pops in uh, off the Love vs. Money album. Love it. And Dizzy, uh, Vic Reeves and the Wonder Stuff, B. I thought you'd like that one. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, Wonder Stuff. Woo-hoo! That was a song that the clubs we were jumping up and down with with the Love as well. Them. It was such a, such such a, good a great song, song. And such a you know, comedy relief. I think the Brits and the Aussies will know that one, but Americans dig deep on it. It's good. Yeah. I was listening and I watched the video and I didn't realize that Vic was actually in the grand as a Dracula 
Right, okay. Do you know that? (laughs) And then he comes on with the cape and then he's like singing on stage. Well, I just remember, yeah, it was like one of those sort of uh, of stage type video clips and he jumps up there. And and, and again, like the wonder stuff, from my understanding, were a band and Vic Reeves was sort of a TV comedian sort of type guy. Is that right? Yeah, it was um, Vic and Bob. Yeah, very left field sort of comedians. You really... Yeah, some of the stuff you're like, why am I laughing at this? But actually, yeah. I think it's really bloody yeah. funny. They've and got lots yeah. of funny stories. Yeah. And hey, with the powers of editing, B, if mm. you can go back and add one more singer I just thought of that reminded me of that era. It's a song called Too Much Passion by, um, oh, Smithereens. That's who it is, the Smithereens, okay, uh, yeah. Top of the Pops. Oh, sorry, they had Top of the Pops and they had another song called um, Too Much Passion. The song Too Much Passion, let's add that one in a little bit just after I shut up now. come back now <laughs> that, that was uh awesome around 91 too it just hit me i can't go to bed tonight without that being added in okay i'll do that right. for you enough nerd and for me okay but uh look hope listeners um if you don't know some of those go check them out like uh you know they're like in excess they've got melody they've got song structure they play real instruments and they've got good singers and good arrangements so unlike these days of other artists some some don't put them more than one a space bar and press click real music 1991 thank you 91 was the year (laughs) this is Felicia Marie from Carbondale this is Foxy from San Francisco this is Amory from Ohio all right, well, uh, that's a wrap up for our episode 39B. We're entering that famous number of 40, which is a bit of a theme. We've got 40 for, for Tim and Buffy and 40 for next week. And Oh, yes. yeah. And, it, and there's a good song by you two called Forte, you know, which they sing uh, off okay. one of their, well, their live album. But, uh, fan engagers, like always, uh, you are hot to trot on all the platforms. So there's obviously a lot of people that uh, engage with you and me throughout the week. Is anybody we want to highlight and mention? Well, after last week's mouthful of people that I had to <laughs> pull out, I'm just yeah. going to name a few people. Now, these, okay. these these guys here, there's only a couple, but you, you, you come on every week and I just really want to say hi to you. Also, I want to say hi to my mom, by the way. Oh. Hi, mom. Yeah. Mom's listening. She loves it. So she says- Where's your mum based? Mum, mum's in England still. Yeah. She's just yeah. had to have the uh, vaccination, bless her, okay. um, and stuff. And she's um, she's doing it tough over there, but she's a she's a good sort, mum. Hello, so, Mrs. B. Hazel, say hi, Hazel. Hello, Hazel. <laughs> what a beautiful name for for the era that she was brought up in. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah, she's a nice lady. Yeah. Okay, so we'd like to say hello to Jamie, Jamie from the USA, and we'd like to say hello to Ababa from Croatia. And also Bryce, okay. you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for your support and your lovely messages. And you are so funny. So just come on board and be patrons too. That would make and, me. And I'm going to thank a fan engaged this. We're going to thank oh. Jimmy Guest for reaching out to us. Bill. Oh yes, I was going to mention. I woke up Jimmy. this morning. We were sort of part of a new messenger joint sort of texting sort of thing That's and photos. Nice. And I'm like, oh, hello, Jimmy. And Jimmy's uh, always very, very. Um, well, you know, I always enjoy reading his uh, 
Facebook page and sort mm-hmm. of the platforms of opinions and things that come through. Mm. So we will hopefully reach out and do some things together very soon. Yeah. Um, he had uh, his own radio show for a little while there to do yes. with in excess. So that would be fun to um yeah. to get in touch with him. And he's a brummy. Yeah, well, we can't can't we can't hold that against him. Uh, but um, yeah, a couple other things just to, to highlight. You know, speaking of, of some projects, look, you know, we uh, apparently <laughs> a little bit of navel gazing. Apparently, what be we were one hundred and twenty in the British charts a week or two ago. Oh, we right? were, weren't we? Music yeah. history, I've labelled us as, and we're right. coming them really quite strong now. Hey, right? Well. Well, it looks like through some sort of weird coincidence, we're charting in the UK. So we'll have to, uh, you know, really reward our audience soon. And we we probably will have like an In Excess in the UK episode Mm. coming up soon, which was part of our sort of mission anyway. We did the USA one uh, around Thanksgiving time. Uh, But we'd also uh, probably in the next few episodes, we will be doing a few partner up episodes with some other international podcasters. So B, I think I mentioned to you, John Lamoureux from The Hustle uh, and I have been chatting and we're looking at doing a, an in excess type Australian music sort of mm-hmm. podcast that highlights probably in excess and some other artists. And um, we will hopefully uh, take ourselves into America with that, uh, with some, you know, leverage some of his listeners and then him can leverage some of ours because uh, he's such a great lover of Australian music and he's been a real inspiration for me in putting this podcast together. And uh, yes. uh, John's a, a class act and uh, he's got probably the, one of the best voices you'll actually ever hear in podcasting. Yeah, he has. He's got the velvet tones, which mm. uh, leave me to dead. Uh, no, but, stop it. You sound great. No, but he, he's, he's the, he's the velvet tones. He's the, he's the Frank Sinatra of podcasting, <laughs> I believe. Okay. So uh, we look forward Does to doing Does he send something. you to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> no, not Frank. Frank's, Frank's the chairman no. of the board. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Uh, but what are we of, doing next week? Oh, yes. Well, next week uh, is a very special day on the calendar. Mm. We're not going to say much more than that, but we probably... Reach- I am. I'm going to say no, I love flowers. No. Uh, <laughs> around Tuesday, Wednesday, we're going to pump the proverbial out of this podcast because it's going to be all about love. love. <laughs> okay, so that'll be uh, a hint to many out there, especially the ladies uh, <laughs> and stuff like that. So uh, look forward to putting that together with you, B. But uh, I thought as a going out song today, it's taken me 39 weeks to get this song played. And I figure that what you told me via message today gave me the inspiration for this being a tribute song. Ooh, now, am I inspiring you at last? You, you've inspired me via these people being inspired. Now, you said obviously earlier, and it's been a bit of a theme uh, today with Tim and Buffy having their 40th um, anniversary. Uh, well, you said something to me about Buffy's favourite song. Yeah. Okay. So I it. figure that as, as Tim would love and as Buffy would hopefully love to hear, we're going to play a certain song that's her favourite uh, as a bit of a tribute to them. Yeah. Um, they were the, probably the rock behind stability. You know, Tim's mm-hmm. the leader of the band. Um, but behind every good bloke, uh, B, is a? Good woman. Correct. So as a bit of a tribute song to Tim and Buffy, we are going to be playing off the X album, which is coming up very soon for review, uh, The Stairs. So take it away, B. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from B. Bye, everyone. Bye.
Oh yeah.